Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University, where we talk about what is going on in pop culture and see what we can learn from it. I am Patty Eminger, your host. You may know me from TikTok, Instagram, or YouTube as Patty Pop Culture. If you are new here, thank you so much for clicking. Welcome. If you are not new, thank you so much for coming back. Did you guys hear that Charlie Puth dropped his highly anticipated song that he wouldn't shut the fuck up about on TikTok called Light Switch? The one that Benny Blanco is bullying him about where he literally just like has a sound effect that's just a light switch in the song and he thinks it's fucking genius. Well, he finally dropped it and despite all the hype, I'm really not much of a fan. I don't really like it at all. I think it's not good. I think the light switch effect wasn't as amazing and um innovational as he thought it was he really thought he did something and he didn't so all that tiktok hype and being bullied for nothing i'm gonna play a little bit of it but let me talk about what the lessons are gonna be today it's been a very weird week in pop culture people are fucking pissed because first of all the m&ms have rebranded their m&m characters to be more progressive and dynamic and they targeted the world's favorite m&m with the fan base and watered her down and changed her and everyone is pissed yes i'm talking about the green m&m we're gonna get into that then Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox made a lot of controversy and sparked a whole debate about if love should be pain, if love is toxic, because Machine Gun Kelly bought her a ring that literally has thorns embedded into it and hurts to take off. So we're going to talk about that. And then lastly, because the Grammys were supposed to be this week, but were postponed for the second year in a row due to COVID, I'm going to give you my boldest Grammy predictions that I'm not going to hold back. And that's going to be at the end. See who, what artists I think are going to take home the biggest awards and what artists are going to get snubbed. Anyway, let's get into it all. Before I start this podcast, please just rate us on Spotify. You're already here. You can give us a five star and follow it so you don't miss any episodes. Apple Podcasts, five star. You can review it, but you don't have to. And you can subscribe and all of that. It'd be very much appreciated. I would love that. It would make my fucking day, but you don't have to again. Anyway, welcome to Pop Culture University. Let's get into all of the tea. Take your seats. Welcome to class. Turn me on like a light switch when you're moving your body around and around. So yesterday, Eminem, like the chocolate candy Eminem's production company Mars, announced that they're going to change their characters' looks, like the Eminem's that they use to promote Eminem's. They're going to change their looks to fit a more progressive and dynamic world. So if you don't know, there's six Eminem's right now. There's two female ones and six male ones. They all have like a bit of a personality, but besides that, they're pretty just basic. Nothing too crazy about them. Like the yellow one's like goofy, the orange one's like a little anxious, the red one's a little bossy, and there's four male and there's two female. They're all straight and they're really just pretty basic mascot characters. But now they're changing these characters to fit a more pro- progressive and dynamic world. So you would think that that would mean maybe they'll make one clearly gay because they're all clearly straight right now or give one a different accent than an American accent or add another woman M&M, you know, something that would be noticeable and kind of necessary and nice to these known M&M characters. But no, 
in their quest to be more representative of their consumers and more diverse, they've basically made no changes. No changes to the male M&Ms, that is. No changes to the male M&Ms at all. They really just made noticeable changes to one M&M, singling her out. Yeah, that's right, her. It was an attack on the green M&M. <gasps> How dare they? The iconic slutty bad bitch international sex symbol embodies the word food porn. Green M&M is having her oomph taken away from her you know how the green m&m is hyper feminine she's a hyper feminine one with the eyelashes and the slutty glasses and the high heel boots and her long legs with her skin showing and no pants on just her boots they're stripping her of all of that of all her personality to make her more feminist and real apparently they dropped the new photos today and now she has sneakers <coughs> customer service sneakers disgusting she has white pants on instead of her tan slutty legs and smaller lashes and she's just all over less fierce. And this decision to deyasify her was based in the fact that they want to make her more progressive and represent the current climate more. So Eminem said that the green Eminem will be better represented to reflect confidence and empowerment as a strong female known for much more than her boots. Mars, the company, also added that the brown M&M's heels will be lowered to a professional height because that's the other female M&M, the brown M&M. She also wears high heels, but she's more mature and like not really like slutty. She's much more calm. She just has a high heels to show that she's a woman. So um, they're going to lower her heels to a more professional height. Now they don't really look like pumps. They look like something that like Karen would wear to work with like, you know, a blazer or something like something that like Hillary Clinton would wear to lose the next presidential election. Apparently, she wasn't professional enough. Like, were her one-inch higher heels distracting them? I think them watering down these two female M&Ms is just slut-shaming to the highest count and the worst turn M&Ms could have taken to be more progressive and, and representative of the current climate. The point is, M&Ms, is that you can be slutty, but just not be shamed about it. That's more progressive. Women can do what they want with their bodies without the opinions of men. And you know, there's old ass white men making these, these decisions. You can dress and act like a slut these days if you so choose. But you cannot be slut chained because that's the actually empowering part. Watering down a woman's sexuality to make yourself more comfortable is the opposite of progressive. I'm sure the red M&M, the, man, the manly man M&M, will still make inappropriate, overly sexual jokes and sexualize the green M&M that men, you know, in normal life would do. And they won't water him down at all or water down his masculinity. But they did it to the sexy, bad, bitch, green M&M. And it just seems very sexist. I think this was a huge misstep. The green one should actually be more sexy. She should be... She should have leveled up her sexiness. She should have been an absolute prostitute. And wore higher heels. And put on a waist trainer. Give her a lace front. Sex sells. And the green M&M was driving all the sales. And we know that that was true. Don't act like all the men watching the Eminem Super Bowl commercial weren't bricked up watching the green one toy with the other ones. They said, we'll make it more representative of our consumer. Bitch, please. Well, guess what? I'm not eating the green M&Ms anymore. Actually, I'm not eating M&Ms at all anymore. One, because I'm a vegan. Two, because as a slut, I'm not represented anymore. This is what happens when you let a 75-year-old man who has no idea what's going on in today's world, that's what happens when you give them the assignment to make the company more progressive. They'll just find a way to do the opposite to push their own beliefs forward and it'll be filled with misguided, misguided virtue signaling. Let me read some of the tweets that just show how outraged people were. Some, someone said, they told the green M&M she couldn't go to Euphoria High School anymore. 
Someone said, instead of making the green M&M less sexy, they should have made them all sluttier. I completely agree with that. Like, instead of taking away her go-go, bedazzled, slutty boots, they should have given one of the male ones these slutty uh, stripper pole riding boots and like made him gay or something and made the whole progressive thing like he was hiding his identity this whole time and now he's coming out like the orange one maybe that's why he had anxiety the whole time like they could have done that they could have made him gay or something anyway i agree with everyone on twitter um oh yeah and there was a headline the rolling stones headline who's basically agreeing with everything i'm saying they said let the green m&m be a nasty little slut that's the rolling stones headline about this and i couldn't agree more so i'm pissed i'm not going to eat m&ms anymore and not that i was going to but um Actually, the orange M- the orange M M&M and M does represent me though, because he has major anxiety all the time. According to Mars, the orange M M&M and M is the one of the most relatable characters to the all of Gen Z, because he is very anxious and he represents the most anxious generation. So they were right about that, but I'm sure they were calling us pansies in the workroom and they were deciding to leave him how he is. Anyway, still not eating M and M's. This is a major misstep for them, and I think their sales will, will reflect that. A lot of companies try to be more progressive and it works for some people to try to like drive more sales and kind of like reinvent themselves like Barbie. They made her like more body positive. That was great. Um, They renamed Aunt Jemima like that was perfect, but not all rebranding is necessary. They were more ahead of their time before and they took away the only M&M with literally like a fan base and brand and changed her. And they try and they're trying to silence her and erase her and that's fucked up. So we're standing with the old green M&M. We will get her her slutty boots back. But in the meantime, what can we learn from this? Um, Point of feminism is for women to dress how they want and not be slut-shamed, not cover up to avoid being more slut-shamed or be taken more seriously. That's the exact opposite. So this whole campaign is horrible, and it's just a bad example to everyone. How sad. Also, sex sells. We can all learn that. If that bitch gets slick, I'll cut the bitch. I'll cut up the bitch. I'll gut the bitch. Had to fuck up the bitch, man. Fuck the bitch. Won't shoot her, but I will gun butt the bitch. When we say fuck the bitch, dick up the bitch. She was stuck up, so my nigga stuck up the bitch. Still dragging her, so don't pick up the bitch. Get the combination to the safe, drug the bitch. Know the whole operation, been bugged the bitch. I, 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 I'm still fly, just bag the white guy. Bitchy like guy, and I still eat Thai. Want the nigga cheat code? Come on, bitch. Nice try. Everyone's favorite weirdo vampire couple, Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox, as you probably know by now, got engaged last month. And the internet was ablaze when they did. For a few reasons. A few things stood out about their engagement in a not-so-positive way. I guess, first of all, they were happy they were engaged. People really love them as a couple, even though they are weird and extravagant and attention-seeking and, you know, boisterous ways. People were happy that they were engaged. But for the first reason that there's two reasons people thought it was weird. The first reason is the engagement itself. And here's why. So they got engaged in the same place where they met two years ago, which is like super cute. I'm not sure where they were exactly, but he said it was under some branches that they fell in love. It was like a cute little scenic outdoor place. That really does not matter. It's just they got engaged where they fell in love. Super cute. But if you saw the video, you probably noticed that it was filmed from a few different angles. But it didn't really look like there were any cameramen there or anything. So people were wondering how they filmed this, especially because it was apparently a surprise. Machine Gun Kelly said that he surprised Megan Fox with like bringing her back to this place where they fell in love and doing the surprise proposal. So like, wouldn't she see the cameraman or things like that? Apparently it was a surprise. But um, if you saw, there were like multiple different angles. There was actually three. So people were questioning how this was filmed, were there secret cameras, like what was going on. And Machine Gun Kelly finally said that he filmed it on just 
his iPhone, which made absolutely no sense. That was a complete and utter lie. That's, of course, not what happened unless he has three iPhones, but he only said his singular iPhone. He said, we released the iPhone video to control the narrative as opposed to someone just catching a weird cell phone picture of a ring on our hand and being like, whoa, they got engaged. But yeah, I didn't expect it. I just recorded it on my cell phone and it wasn't like we had photographers or anything. It was just me setting up my phone against a cup. That is so not true at all. There were three different camera angles, one to specifically get Megan's face and get her reaction and one like down the stairs at whatever like little scenic temple place that they were at. So there was no way he just filmed it on his phone. So people are just confused why he would lie about that. But he is completely lying and their whole relationship has been about getting attention. So they definitely set up this whole thing or at least he was, and they were dressed to the nines, and there was way too many, like, setup angles perfectly placed, and it was posted in, like, an hour after it happened and edited and edited down almost immediately with the best shot, you know, from each spot where his phone was apparently placed. But anyway, they were exposed for lying, so it was not a surprise. Secondly, the ring. Her ring is very unique. Um, it's not just one stone. It's actually two rings in one that can come apart. But that's not how... Megan will be able to take it off. It, it, it can just come apart like before he made it. Now it's kind of like stuck on her finger, but it is two stones. There's one emerald stone and one diamond stone. Apparently one of their birth stones is diamond. The other is emerald. So it signifies both of their souls coming together to form one. Um, very much so. They thought they were too special to have a basic ring. It was kind of like Arna Grande's ring. If you've ever seen it, it was one like bigger stone, kind of more centered and then one kind of off to the side. But that's really not why people were confused. They expected them to do something weird with the ring, but people didn't think it would get this weird. So apparently Machine Gun Kelly designed the ring so that it would actually hurt very badly to take off of a finger. So Megan can really never take it off. (laughs) The ring is a band of thorns and is embedded with sharp spikes, meaning that if Megan were to try to remove the ring, the thorns would dig into her finger and cause pain and maybe even cause her to bleed. He said, the bands are actually thorns. So if she tries to take it off, it will hurt. And then he said, love is pain, exclamation point. First of all, red motherfucking flag. So I'm assuming it hurt to put on two, right? If the bands are thorns. And I would say like, wow, that's awful. Like, you know, worst red flag ever. But if it's masochist Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly, I know that they just love that shit. That probably turned Megan on so fucking much when she was putting on that ring. Her pussy was probably throbbing. And it might actually entice her to take it off because she's a freak. So I think while Megan is probably okay with this and um, is happy about it in a weird way. I mean, she did say they drank each other's blood when they got engaged. So they're all about that pain infliction life. Um, If you didn't know, Jennifer's body was actually an autobiographical film. I'm kidding. (laughs) The fact that the ring would hurt to take off if Megan wanted to leave him have sparked a debate about toxicity in relationships and if love should actually be pain. Some people were calling out Machine Gun for being possessive and controlling for designing a ring that would hurt if she tried to leave and it's almost kind of like blackmail in a sense and very toxic. They were saying that just because they are intensely in love doesn't mean it's okay to take such drastic measures to show that love and the love is pain reasoning plays into a damaging and complicated narrative that normalizes abusive behaviors in relationships and is just under the guise of intense love. And I agree with, you know, this basic analysis of their relationship. And unfortunately, I do think that's kind of their brand, like in such intense, strong 
love that they want to project to everyone that they glorify unhealthy things in their relationship like oversharing and love bombing for sure and uh, just generally abusive behaviors i think with everything that we're seeing i think they could have stuck to their brand their brand of being dangerously in love so to speak without taking it one step too far with a painful ring and i think just maybe putting the ideas into people's heads that uh this kind of like intense toxic love is admirable when it's really not is not good like they're like megan and machine gun are fun to look at because they're famous and it's a show that they put on to their fans but hopefully they don't really act like that behind the scenes and i hope people don't try to emulate them for sure making a ring that hurts to take off even if it's playful is not cute it's very toxic and weird and what if she has to take it off to like wash it or something like is that going to be painful like a painful experience for her every single time like, what if she gets blood on her hand after, like, murdering someone and eating them and wants to wash it off? Is that going to hurt? Someone said on Twitter, like, really nicely and summed it up. That's a damaging message that allows abuse and toxicity to be misinterpreted for love. Love is wanting each other to be happy and to feel good. Pain is never on the barometer, I promise. And I'm sorry, Machine Gun Kelly, but if Megan Fox wants to leave you, she's going to in a heartbeat no matter how hurt it no matter how much it hurts to take off the ring no amount of legal blackmail is going to make someone stay so i think just focusing on having a healthier relationship and building healthy habits will get you the longest way like casey musgrave said if a horse wants to run there's no sense in closing the gate sorry i love casey and she's a genius but i'll shut up she's basically saying if someone wants to run nothing's going to stop them from leaving you so what can we learn from this love is not pain i'm so sorry Lust and love bombing and drastic displays of love is not real and won't last past the honeymoon phase. L- painful love is n- not real love. Only real love is real love. Patience, kind, understanding, unconditional love is what you want. And you wouldn't want to hurt someone you love in any way, shape, or form. So love is not pain. Unless their dick is 10 inches, then it might be pain. So the Grammys were actually supposed to be this week and I was so excited. I'm so impatient when it comes to that. I get very into the Grammys and who wins because I'm a super fan of a lot of these artists and I want to see them win and give a speech and, you know, have that alkylate and crush the other fandom's dreams. But due to COVID, they postponed the Grammys again until April 4th and I'm pissed. So in honor of them supposed to be this week originally i'm gonna give my winner's predictions to keep the grammy hype going i'm just gonna give a few i'm gonna do the general categories and the pop ones because i can't go forever okay so let's start with the biggest award of the night and that is album of the year we're starting off very strong here um so let me name the nominees for you nominees for album of the year are we are john batiste love for sale tony bennett lady gaga Justice, Justin Bieber, Planet Her, Doja Cat, Happier Than Ever, Billie Eilish, Back of My Mind, Her, Montero, Lena's X, Sour, Olivia Rodrigo, Evermore, Taylor Swift, Donda, Kanye West. For me, this category is coming down to two people. Controversial opinion alert, I do not think Sour by Olivia Rodrigo is going to win. I don't even think it 
is in the top three, to be honest. I think either Lil Nas X, Montero is going to win, or Donda by Kanye West. So, first of all, I don't think Olivia is going to win because people, I think people think it's going to win because she's kind of like the Billie Eilish of this year, like the young girl who had a massive, huge break uh, breakthrough year. And, you know, she's going to get all the accolades that Billie got. But Billie's album tackled more, like, deeper issues than what Olivia Rodrigo's does. And I believe that's what pushed Billie over the edge. And the fact that Billie had just as many hits, too. So it was, like, that deep meaning, like, drug abuse and suicidal thoughts and, um, like, mental health issues. Like, that's what pushed Billie to actually win, I think, where I don't think Olivia really has that. You know who I do think has that, though? Lil Nas X. Lil Nas X has just as many hits huge massive hits like industry baby and montero and he tackles really huge issues like depression and suicidal thoughts and being gay obviously and like that struggle and like internet hate and just everything so i feel like lunas x has the hits and the message behind his album to really push him over the edge to win he talks about all the deep topics that i think the grammys want as for the substance of who they want to name album of the year so i really think lunas x has the biggest chance and he's just having a big moment so I feel like Lil Nas X will win. My second person who I think could win, though, is Donda by Kanye West. I feel like Kanye's having a big moment right now. And he's actually never won Album of the Year. And Donda's a really solid album. And he went on Drink Champs and said that he is very confident that Donda will win Album of the Year. And I'm not completely opposed to that. I think it's a really good album. And it sold very nicely. It hit number one, whereas Lil Nas X only got to number two. So I feel like Donda has a big chance to win. So it's either going to be Lil Nas X or Donda for album of the year. Now let's move on. You you can like DM me who who you think. I would love to have a discussion with you guys. DM me on Instagram. Let's talk about it. Who if you agree with me or not. Next, I want to say um, best new artists. The nominees are Jimmy Allen, Baby Keem, Phineas, Glass Animals, Japanese Breakfast, The Kid Leroy, Afro Parks, sorry Arlo Parks, Olivia Rodrigo, Saweetie, and Arouge F Tab. I hope I'm pronouncing those right. If I'm not. I'm very sorry. I just opened this right now. I think it's definitely not going to be Saweetie after all the hate she's getting for her live performances right now. The internet will never forgive the Grammys and they'll officially be, you know, washed out of the scene and boycotted if they let Saweetie win. So I feel like the only other mainstream artist that has a chance is going to be Olivia Rodrigo. And she definitely at least deserves Best New Artist. Like if Megan Trainor can win Best New Artist, so can Olivia Rodrigo. And the writing's on the wall for her to win that. I guess like Phineas maybe can win because he gets a lot of accolades, but definitely going to be Olivia. If you don't think that you're crazy. Okay. Record of the year. One, I still have faith in you, ABBA. Two, freedom, John Batiste. I get a kick out of you, Tony Bennett, Lady Gaga, Peaches, Justin Bieber, right on time, Brandy Carlisle, kiss me more, happier than ever, Montero and driver's license. You guys all know who sing those songs. So Again, I think it's going to come down to, like, record of the year. I think it's either going to come down to I Get a Kick of You by Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga, just because Tony Bennett is literally about to die. Um, He has, like, Alzheimer's, and that that was the last album he's ever going to record, and that was, like, the lead single and the big hit from it. So I think they might give it to Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga, who are both having big moments, and I think that would actually be really cute, and I wouldn't be mad at that at all. And... Record of the year, I could see either going to Montero or Happier Than Ever by Billie Eilish. Um, Again, both handle like really big topics of like a toxic relationship and then coming out as gay and everything like that. So I see it going to those two. They're really two massive hits. I don't see Driver's License or Kiss Me More winning this one, unfortunately. Yeah, so Record of the Year, Montero or Happier Than Ever by Billie Eilish. Lastly, 
in the general categories song of the year. Bad Habits, Ed Sheeran, A Beautiful Noise, Alicia Keys, Driver's License, Olivia Rodrigo, Fight For You, Her, Happier Than Ever, Billie Eilish, Kiss Me More, Doja Cat, Leave the Door Open, Silk Sonic, Montero, Lonas X, Peaches, Justin Bieber, Right On Time, Brandy Carlisle. So when it comes to song of the year, the difference between song and record of the year, song of the year handles like the lyrics. Like what song is written the best has the best lyrics. It's all about the songwriter. So I think the obvious choice for this one is Driver's License. I think it's a really beautifully written song. The lyrics are very like sonic and like perfect. And I feel like the melody is also perfect and it's just really nicely written. And I think Driver's License fits more to win song of the year rather than record of the year. Sorry if I'm breathing heavy, like aggressively reading these lists, but other big songs like Kiss Me More, Leave the Door Open and like Peaches, I don't see winning song of the year for their lyrics necessarily. I think this is more for like an emotional ballad kind of thing. That's the kind of category song of the year. So song of the year, Olivia Rodrigo. Next, let's just do the, let's do two more pop things and then we'll be done. So pop, because like no one else knows, like who, like who who the fuck is going to win like contemporary or like alternative or country like no one fucking knows so let's just talk about the pop categories best pop solar performance anyone justin bieber right on time brandy carlisle happier than ever billy eilish positions are in a grande or driver's license so while i do believe positions is an amazing song and a great contender for this award i don't think it's gonna win i'm a big arinator though so i would love to see her win another grammy not that she's gonna go she like fucking hates the grammys but again i think driver's license is going to win this and i truly do believe that that was the best pop solo performance this year lastly best pop duo or group performance i get a kick out of you lonely butter higher power kiss me more so i think if they don't let tony bennett win song of the year they should definitely let him win i get a kick out of you just to have like that one last moment while he's still alive and like give him his roses while he's alive and it's a good song like it's a really cute song it deserves it like he's nominated for a reason so i think it deserves to win and it'd be a cute moment And then if he doesn't win, I think Doja Cat or SZA should win this category over Coldplay, BTS, and Justin Bieber, and Benny Blanco. So yeah, either I get a kick out of you or kiss me more. Those are my Grammy predictions. Please DM me with your thoughts. I am an expert. I was going to say I'm no expert, but I am an expert. And I've often predicted the Grammy winners accurately. And I'm an empath and a fortune teller. And I know who's going to win all the way in April. I'm so pissed we have to wait till April. So that was me just kind of like keeping the vibe alive. And yeah, no one really watches the Grammys anymore either, so it doesn't really matter. Call me by your name by Lil Nas X. I want it fame and I want it riches. Want it happiness, want it forgiveness. Started focusing on all these wishes. Crazy how this shit come to fruition. I've done things in my past. I'm sorry for so please don't hold me. Oh, people in my life should know that I am not the only. Okay, well, thank you for tuning into Pop Culture University today. Um, I hope you learned something and had a great time hanging out with me. So let's review what we learned today from the whole Eminem thing. We learned that being a feminist is being able to dress however you want and not having to conform to the patriarchal standard. You can be a slut and not be slut shamed and give the green Eminem her slutty heels back. 
from Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly, we learned that love is not pain. And if someone wants to leave you, they will leave you no matter how much you try to make them stay, unfortunately. So that is what we learned today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you can just rate this podcast five star on Spotify, you're already here. Follow us so you have all the episodes notified. And yeah, if you're on Apple Podcasts, you can do the same. It'd be very much appreciated. I love you guys. And thank you for listening to my voice for the last 25 minutes. Have a great day. Love you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.